Welcome back to episode 100 of your best year starts here. I can't believe we've made it to episode 100 and I need to do a massive acknowledgement for three things. One, that we've lasted 100 (laughs) episodes. Most people who know me well enough would know that I'd start a project like this and absolutely not continue. So well done for making me accountable. Uh, thank, thank, Thank you for turning up at my house. Um, because you drive all the way from like the middle of Wales or somewhere, Cheltenham or Gloucester or, oh, that's like a building society. But you travel from somewhere miles away and you bring this wonderful setup so we look and sound professional. And the third acknowledgement is, and only for 99 episodes minus one have I ribbed you about something, but you've always been late. And it proves a point that for episode 100, you were here as evidenced by a post that I put on Facebook that you were here at 10 to 10. Now, that leads me for this episode, which Neil has no idea that I'm going to talk about, is that people can change, things change, and life changes, and you have a choice. You can go with it, or you suck it up, or you acknowledge it, or you cry about it. Uh But life does change Things can change, and even Neil can be on time. Miracles never cease, right? Well, no, but that's the point, that some people would say that, you know, you can't change bad behaviour, and one thing you can't do is you can't change past behaviour physically. You cannot change, you know, we've spoken about E plus R equals O, that, you know, we have past events. You can't change anything that's happened from today. That is just the truth. Yep. But what you could do, if it means a lot to you, is think... What could I do next time? One, to alleviate Nigel's fears. Because I have a slight issue, and I haven't ever shared this with people, that I expect people to be on time because I'm always on time. Uh And and we joke about it, but as a deeper issue, I'm always on time. And if, you know, I've only ever been late to a client twice. And on one time, they literally rang my wife, rang the police, because it just doesn't happen. The other point is, I tell my clients that if I'm late, you don't have to pay me. Now, I work with an unemployed group, and I've worked with them for 19 years, and I don't know if I've shared this, so I apologise, but after two brain aneurysms, I can't remember. But I do a session for the unemployed that starts at 9.59 and 59 seconds. Yep. It's not up for debate. They're warned three weeks in advance. They're told two weeks later. They're told literally the day before. And even when I do webinars for the same group, the session starts at 9.59.59 seconds. And if you're not in the room, and that sounds a bit weird when you're on Zoom, but if you're not in the room and I accept people, by 9.59.59, you're not accepted into the room. And I don't understand why people struggle with this. And that's because it's called acceptable behaviour. Mm-hmm. Well, you've proved, you if it was really important, you could be there earlier. Obviously, traffic and everything else. But for lots and lots of people... I have an issue that I, what comes up for me is, obviously I don't matter. Because if I mattered, people would be on time. Do you know what, it's really interesting you say that because I, um, 
This, this has been a weird year for a lot of people, right? You know, COVID-19, lockdown. I think for, well, for just about everybody. Let's, let's get real, right? Let's try 7 billion. But it's, you know, it's been, it's been a year where a lot of normal things have gone out the window. And I actually think there's like a, there's a weird hidden gift in this year. Um, or at least there has been for me in that it's made me really look at myself in certain areas where I would have missed it with, with normal life going on. So kind of my reactions to certain situations and circumstances and people and whatever has been much more paramount this year than it normally would be because like distractions of life would get in the way and I wouldn't even notice how I was feeling about some things. And you, you know, you, you're dead right in terms of we have these things for ourselves that we then make expectations of other people based on our expectations of self. And when those other people don't live up to our expectations, we get frustrated with those other people, probably unfairly. It's strange because in a book that I wrote a long time ago, The Impact Code, there's a section about my mother because my mother has massively high expectations and is constantly let down because you can never do it good enough, well enough, and all the other enoughs. And so if you can let go of expectations, that people won't live up to your standards for two reasons. One, they don't know what your standards are. And two, they've got shite standards. But if you don't know what people's standards are, which is about rules, and we've spoken about mm-hmm. ground rules in previous episodes. So when I say to people that my session starts at 9, 59, 59 seconds, and I've had many instances over, except this year, for the last 19 years working with this charity where They'll blame a story. They'll blame an excuse. And we've had people who've had been in wheelchairs and, you know, it's been a problem because there's been a car parked near the ramp. And unfortunately, and I'm going to say this in a very nice and nasty way, that's what happens in life. Yep. That, you know, if you're... And I have a son with cerebral palsy, so I know about disabilities. But if you've got a disability, you have to show up even earlier because otherwise you give them an even bigger excuse to give them the reason why they're not going to get a job. And unfortunately, I'm now going to get shot by the world who's listening <laughs> to this. You, in theory, can't say this. The problem is people have unconscious bias. And so if somebody's late for an interview... Before you've even started the interview, whatever the excuse is, the person who's the interviewer is going to be thinking, they don't care. Yep. And they must know that London, where I live, the traffic's going to be bad. They must know where you're coming from. The M25 is going to be bad. Because it's only been bad for 25 years. It's not a surprise. So if you were going for an interview, and I know lots of people right now are doing virtual interviews, but... Why have I got a shirt on today? And this is no disrespect to Neil, who's wearing a T-shirt. Why have I got a shirt on today? It's because I've got three or four other Zoom calls later on, and I need to dress up that way because that's what my clients expect. If you're doing a Zoom interview for a job, or you're just doing a meeting with a client, and you're sitting on your bed slumped, I'm not sure that's the best image to portray. Again... I accept that's my expectations. So in this new Zoom world, and Neil is much, much younger than me. I think he's just past his 11 plus. (laughs) But in the new world of chinos and T-shirts, that is acceptable. And I get all of that. But first impressions do count. Totally. And as much as we all say, don't judge a book by its cover, Neil, who is writing a book, and we're going to come on to that in a minute... The book cover is nearly as important as the words, as much as we say it shouldn't be. And if you've ever been to Smith's, whatever, you look along, and the, and in the old days, books would be done, I don't know, 
they're put in sideways. Yep. But but very often, and we're going to pause this for one second because <laughs> my dog has just realised there's something more attentive than what's going on here. It's good. Okay. Um, so Smiths put their books face out because they know a smiley face, a nice book cover will sell more books. So I want you to understand that image does matter. Yep. Showing up matters. Being on time matters. And for Neil, I can't rib him anymore for the next six or seven episodes, but I'm sure over the next year he'll turn up late again and I'll rib him again. But he knows now about my expectation. But here's the problem for everyone. If you have an issue with someone, tell them. Because if you don't, it's called built-up resentment. And then they have no idea it's a problem. And for everyone who's listening who meets me, because I often get told, why do you give Neil such a hard time? I don't mean to. I'm just sharing for everyone who's listening. People have issues about time. People have issues about when you go to a restaurant and they're not served bread quickly, like I do. When I go to a restaurant, and I don't know what you're like, I want someone to give me some bread and water really quickly. I'm like, in the old days, I know when you've taken your daughter out, in the, when she was very young, there'd be crayons on the table. Uh-huh. Well, they don't do crayons the same way now. But if you gave a child something within five seconds when they sat down and you gave them a drink, they wouldn't need their mobile phones to entertain themselves. They could then communicate. Nothing upsets me more than watching a young family going out to eat and within five seconds, three children are all on iPhones. Mm-hmm. Or they've brought their iPads. Oh, I, I had something a couple of years ago. I was on um, I was on holiday in Spain, and um, but in a Spanish part of Spain, so not in a place that's full of British tourists or German tourists or whatever. In this really nice restaurant, and there was this one table where there was a family with three kids. Well, all of the kids have got iPads and headphones, and I said to my family, you know, I guarantee they're not Spanish. There was just something about the culture that was off, you know. Um, and lo and behold, when they spoke, they were Brits, you know. And it was to me, it was like, why do that? Why come to a place where you're sat on, you, you literally you're sat by the sea. It's a beautiful view. And your kids, not only are they staring at screens, not taking in and appreciating the surroundings, they're not even part of the conversation you're having as a family because they're wearing headphones. And I, you know, I'm I'm not trying to judge what other people do, but for me, it's like I don't I no, but, don't no, understand but, that. But that's your expectation. Yeah, absolutely. If you took your kids out to eat, you'd want them to learn to converse. Yeah. Yes, you want the service because I'm a child. In still fact, you've, you've actually just reminded me of another one, and I, I'll, I'll actually I'll actually give the name of the restaurant in this because it's a national chain that I think might have disappeared now, um, as in I haven't seen any of their restaurants for a while. But Giraffe. Yes. And I was in Giraffe. Again, Obviously, I like giraffe. Yeah, but I was in giraffe again a couple of years ago um, with my daughter and my then wife. And um, we ordered, as you do, and my daughter's food came and ours didn't. And so I kind of called the, the waitress back over and I just said, you know, not being rude, but like, is our food coming? Because you've brought our daughter's food and there doesn't seem to be any sign of ours. And she said, oh, it's kind of policy here. We, we bring the kids' food first. Yours is still being cooked. But most people just want the kids to eat and then the kids can entertain themselves while the parents are eating. And I'm like, well, we're a family that likes to eat as a family. So um, I, think when, but isn't that I think when our food comes, you probably need to bring some more food for our daughter. <laughs> well, no, you see, they're probably you know? used to me that needs the food quickly because I need entertaining. No, because, <laughs> but that's the point, is that we, we have a brand new Greek restaurant literally around the corner from where we are, and I know the restaurant they own previous, 
And when I went there literally nine years ago, I walked straight into the kitchen and said, I've got some medical issues. If I could just have some hot bread and a Diet Coke, that would be brilliant. And then you can take your time in service. Yep. But I need to be entertained at the first minute. Last Sunday, we go to the, the, the same owner, but he's got a new restaurant. He said, I remember you. I remember <laughs> you. And as I sat down, literally, he followed me with hot pizza bread. Uh-huh. And I thought, how cool is that? And literally, we may have, the, 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 from the time the waitress came to the first course for our starters of hummus and whatever it was, was about 35 minutes. Yep. I didn't notice the 35 minutes because for my expectation, least I was being looked after. But if a restaurant doesn't know your expectations, of course you're going to get annoyed and they're a busy restaurant. Yep. So here's the lesson for everybody. If you've got some peculiarities, tell people. Yeah. I, well, I, mean, I think one of the other things for me, and I've actually had a couple of conversations around this recently, is the difference between rules and having like a preference or a desire. As in, you know, there are some aspects of life probably more outside of the business area and in, like, private areas of life where you might have some kind of preference for how you want people to show up or you want people to treat you or, you you know, how you want people to express things towards you or whatever. But it's not a hard and fast, you must do this. It's not a control thing. It's a, this you know, this kind of thing makes me feel really special. But very often it's how you communicate those things. So my friend Steph Duplessis and Steve Simpson who got this whole theory about UGRs, which is unwritten, unwritten ground, ground rules. rules yeah. But Steph and Steve, it's their work. Their, their whole thing is that every single company has two lots of things. Mm-hmm. There are ground rules, which are your principles of work, but these thousands of unwritten ground rules. So the unwritten ground rule for our podcast is when you turn up, we start. Yep. The ground rule, if it was a normal organisation, we, we start at 9.59 because we've just spoken about that. But we have an unwritten ground rule. It's okay. The problem is, if nobody knows that and sees the boss coming in at 10 past 10, does that mean it's acceptable? Yeah. On the reverse side, I have a number of friends who know that I don't drink alcohol and I don't eat cheese. And they'll base the whole menu based on my preference. And there are people going, oh, we quite like but if you know, cheese and wine. Yeah, Nigel doesn't like it. Mm-hmm. So it works both ways. If you have a big mouth like I do, and one of the greatest books that I've ever read, I'll give you a thousand pounds, Neil, if you can guess one of my favourite ever business books. I, I guarantee I'll get it wrong. I'll give so. you a million if you get it in top three. Yeah, no, I guarantee I'll get it wrong. So just tell me what it is. <laughs> okay, um, I'll do it for all the listeners here. No, I won't. <laughs> uh, so one of my favourite books of all time is by a guy called Jack Canfield. Okay. You still, I'm going to give you that. So here we are, I'm giving you the author. Do you know what the title of the book is? Well, when people say Jack Canfield, there's one book that everyone thinks of, and it's not going to be that one, is it? It's not going to be Chicken Soup no, for the Soul. No, it's not going to be Chicken Soup for the Soul. And, and I, it's not even going to be uh, Success Secrets, all that. It's called The Aladdin Factor. Okay. And it's all about asking for what you want. And I'd recommend it. You could probably go on Amazon for 99p. or you, you can even get a used copy. But it's all about how to ask for things, whether it's emotionally, spiritually, whatever. And unless you ask for what it is that you want and you tell people what it is that you want, surprisingly, you either don't get what you don't get because you don't ask and you never get what you don't get if you don't ask. But there's a chance. You know, I've been asking Neil to get here for 10 o'clock for the last (laughs) 99 episodes. But eventually, if you ask enough times... Come on, come on. on. When we've done these on Zoom, who's the one that's been late in their own house? Yeah, that that is me. Let's show up. Let's let's, let's, let's make that point. In Jack Canfield's book, The Aladdin Factor, he talks about how to ask for what it is that you want. Yep. And if you get good at asking, 
So he did an exercise on, he, did, he used to run a program called Facilitator Skills Seminar in Santa Barbara, which I did in 1997. And the last exercise was you had to go up to ask people for some really strange things. Now, there were 200 of us in this room, so you can imagine. So a mingling exercise, 200 people. You had to ask people for things. The first nine times people asked you for anything, they could say no to you. Mm -hmm. So I'd say to you, Neil, uh, when you come to my house, can you bring me chocolate? And your answer would be? No. Uh, If when you come to my house, can you bring me a new extension wire? No. This would go on. But on the 10th thing, whatever I asked you, you would say yes to. What was interesting is that he gave some statistics. And you know, when you read about these Harvard business statistics... Mm -hmm. But it is interesting when you look at people, most people give up after three or four times. You know, we're in a Zoom economy. We're in a a world where the phone is much more prevalent than ever before. You know, we're not just passing by Cheltenham. I thought I'd pop in. You know, we're not doing that in the same way. So it is strange when you ring up a client and they say, no, not now. Uh, This isn't the right time. But if you know you've got a product that's worth selling and you could ask a few more times... Don't give up after the third or fourth. Yep. Now, there's going to be people listening to this going, yeah, but don't drive your client mad. There is a fine line between driving them mad and asking for what it is that you want. Yep. So we did this exercise, and on the t- every so often, you would ask somebody something, and they'd say yes. The elation on the, the person's face that said yes was amazing, but you, if you received a yes, it was great. Then when the whole exercise finished, Jack said to the whole audience, he said, did anybody ask the same person the same thing 10 times? <laughs> then he said, did you notice where people are standing in this large auditorium? There are some people on the outskirts who didn't want to hear the word no. So instead of being rejected, they say they self-sabotage the process by not getting a rejection. Yep. So, of course, if you never ask your client for an order, you're never going to get rejected. And that lovely line is, you know, why, why do people eat donuts all the time? Because donuts never reject them. Mm-hmm. You know, this body looks like this because obviously <laughs> my, my stomach's never said, I think I've had too much chocolate. And I was given this Nigel's chocolate, which it's still in the packet, may not do by the end of the episode. But here's the point for everyone listening. Expectations are massive, yep. but nobody knows what they are. Yep. If you don't ask what you want, you nobody can it. say yes. Yep. So let's think for this, for episode 100, for the next 100 episodes, if Neil still loves me and and I haven't (laughs) upset him too much, let's think about what are our expectations for 2021? Let's start preparing now. Let's start asking more people for support. And we've said this phrase, you have to do it by yourself, you can't do it alone. So, you know, we need to get support. And let's not be scared of the word no, because if everyone says yes, you're either too cheap or you're asking the wrong questions. Yeah. The, the, well, the other thing I, I was going to throw in there is if we're talking about expectation, I think sometimes we need to trade expectation for appreciation. As in... I don't know what that means, but... Well, keep... as in sometimes we set expectations that we don't communicate and then we get frustrated, annoyed, angry, whatever negative emotion you want to come up with because the thing we wanted didn't happen, but we didn't effectively communicate it. But what if instead of complaining about what didn't happen, we recognise what did? Well, we, I'm sure in one of the next episodes... Because so many times, you know, there are... We can... It's back to like setting a standard or setting a benchmark, you know. So let, let's just take a simple example of 9.59 and 59 seconds. Somebody arrives at 
Now, you can either go, oh, it's 10.02. You were supposed to be at 9.59 and 59 seconds. Where the hell were you? What is wrong with you? You know, Or you can go, do you know what? I'm really grateful you made it. This is Neil's way of trying to get out of being late. And we'll go with his little analogy. It's shite, but we will go with his analogy. No, you're 100% I'm just using that as an example. But there's, no, no, you're right. but there's so many other things in life where we go, hey, it'd be really nice if which we may or may not communicate to somebody or we may not communicate in a in an adequate enough way that they fully understand what we're saying or why it matters to us or whatever else that when they show up doing something for us that they think matters to us and we dismiss it it's then much harder to get them to do the things we want in oh, the future 100%, right? 100% whereas if we actually go do you know what that might not be quite what I had in mind but I really appreciate it and I'm really grateful for it and we actually genuinely feel that and show that then guess what? People are much more likely to be open to the other things. And whether that's in, you know, in your family life, whether that's in your business relationships, any interaction with other people, people want to feel special. They want to feel valued. They want to feel like they are something. And again, one of those realizations of this year, something I've noticed. Hold on. I think we should leave for that point. Well, I just want to drop this on there and then we can maybe pick it back up in episode 101 because we've deliberately allowed this one to be our longest episode ever, by the way. Because um, loads of people said, why don't you go, go on for longer? So we have. Um, but yeah, one of the things that I've noticed is that quite often when people say it doesn't matter, subconsciously what they're kind of saying is I don't matter. As in my view on this doesn't really matter. It's clearly less important, so I'll let it go. But they don't necessarily let it go. They just tell you they're letting it go, and they internalise it instead. I think that's called the words fine by, yeah, the female, exactly. by the females who are listening to this. Whenever I hear the word fine, I know it's not. Mm-hmm. And we'll pick that up on episode 101. Effed up, insecure, neurotic, and emotional. Yeah. <laughs> or feeling inwardly <laughs> negative every time. <laughs> But yeah, all right, let's, let's wrap this up. Look, here's my ask. Um, and we've asked this lots of times, but if you've stuck with us for a hundred episodes or actually, even if you've only just discovered us, I don't really care which, but my preference or my desire is that you jump on iTunes and you leave us a review. You hit the five stars, um, and you actually write something, you know, there's, if you, if you're listening to us on your phone, if you scroll down to the bottom of our show, there is a box where you can hit a five star, hit five stars and a little box where you can send us a message and tell us what you appreciate or what you've got from this episode or the podcast overall and it means the world to both of us when we read those so you know if we're giving you value and we're 100 episodes in and you're loving what we do then we would very much love you to share that love back the other way couldn't agree more